Okay, principles of passion, take one. It's principles of passion. Molly and I share a passion. Hey, I am very passionate. Oh, how nice. It is his passion. Michael and I share a passion. It's a bit of a passion for me. It's my passion. I've learned a lot, and I've followed my passion. Here's your host, Chris Thomas, with Denora Robles and Dominic Cimino. Streaming live on Facebook at Your Passion First. Principles of Passion. Thank you for tuning in. This is Principles of Passion. It's a Tuesday, an awesome Tuesday, beautiful weather here in Chicago. First of all, I want to say thank you to my co-host, Denora Robles, gente. Dominic Samino. Thank you all for being people. here. If you're tuning in for the first time, I think I put something up today on LinkedIn for the first time. What we're really trying to do overall, just to kind of recap on what all of the episodes have been about, is really just about overcoming adversity as you follow your passion. I think a lot of people struggle with that at a young age as they're trying to enter the workforce. And I think people struggle with it as they get older, um, as they have so many obstacles, whether it be life, family, different situations that come into play into their life. And so what I wanted to do is to be able to have an open platform uh, to help some of the students that I work with in my day job, which I work for Purpose Workforce Solutions, and we're a mentoring and coaching-based staffing firm focused on disenfranchised students. Uh, but my night job, or night fun escapade, was really just to have this platform, have people be able to speak openly, bring guests on uh, that have overcome adversity while following their passion uh, within the workspace. So again, thank you to Denora and Dominic. Appreciate it. Today's episode, um, I did have a guest that was going to come on he got sick. He let me know last night. It happens, life. So I think it's a good opportunity for us to kind of tell you a little bit about ourselves, how we came here to be. And as I was mentioning earlier before we went live, uh, next week we're going to have an amazing guest on, um, Morgan Field. She is the author of Epic Sexy You. It was ranked number one on Amazon bestsellers list uh, a couple weeks in a row for a good amount of time. She is a um, life coach and women's empowerment expert um, and, and just loves her life, what she does. So I'm excited to have her on. Great friend of mine, great person, uh, great speaker, great motivational uh, influence for me. So, Denora, tell me, how, how did just run me through, how did we come to be, especially with our topic today, just being grinding regardless of whether you have the degree or the skill like tell me how that ties into how we came to meet well well going back to college that's how we met through college and you were majoring in psychology and so was I and yeah I think we were both really ambitious and always pursuing like the best best next best thing and after a while you kind of went on your own path of recruiting I went on my own path in management and now we are linking again and I guess it's because our passion is really helping the masses and the collective and helping people just inspire them in any way we can. So this is how we came to be. Awesome. Awesome. More to come. <laughs> Dom, tell me a little bit more just about how we, how we met. So how we met, you know, same thing, overcoming adversity. Um, you were a mentor and a guest speaker at Europe. I happened to be in the Europe program. I remember the time you came to guest speak. It, uh, it really impacted me. 
I remember I told you about that site, Brainy Quotes, because you said you were into quotes. <laughs> and um, lo and behold, a couple months later, you happened to be my mentor. Yeah, I've been at it ever since. Absolutely, man. And just to kind of give you my story and, and what brought me to starting this, I think I, I told you a little bit, but my end goal is to uh, be able to just make a larger impact. You know, I think a lot of times we look to make a check and put food on the table, yeah. which is important. But I was speaking with a gentleman and mentoring him the other day, and he's like, Chris, I, I just want to, you know, I just want to get paid. I need to, you know. I said, before you think about that, think about what your vision is, right? Where you're trying to go, right? It, school may be involved there. A certification may be involved there. Some sort of training program may be involved. But if you don't know what your vision is, then, then you're wasting time just trying to put food on the table. And don't get me wrong, you'll earn a living, but are you going to be following your passion and, and truly be happy? And so... I, I start this off with that. If you're out there and you're looking for a job, you're thinking about you know going to get your college degree, you're thinking about what skill you want to get into, um, I, I, would, I would tell you to take a step back and make sure that you're envisioning how you can make an impact, a greater impact on those around you. Because I think if you can do that through a means of something that you like, then you may not make 250, but you'll make 80,000 and be happy. Yeah. So just think about that as, as we're all out there searching for what really makes us happy. Um, a great quote when doing research that I, that I came across, machines are taking over many jobs and the jobs that are left require creativity and a bit more of a human touch. Without a doubt, skills are becoming more and more handy to have when applying for a job. The question is, have skills and work experience become more important than a degree? So if you guys are listening on Facebook or Instagram, feel free to call in 312-521-8589. Um, I guess I would, I would leave that open to you guys. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? Have they become, and I mean, Dom, Dom and I met through Year Up. For those of you that don't know Year Up, it is a one-year pro. I'll, I'll let you share. Tell them kind of. So as Chris was just about to say, it's a one-year program, 18 to 24, in the tracks of business or project management, client sales, and IT. I chose the IT path, and what they do is they set you up for six months. They teach you the material for your track, and then after those six months are up, they send you off to one of their corporate partners, and if the corporate partners have the budget and you know, they see potential in you or they have the room, they will convert you. And being converted, what that just means is they, they'll take you on full time. And I had the benefit and I'm very grateful for it of being converted. Awesome. So what do you think about that skills and work experience? Are they becoming more important than a degree? You know, that's, um, I'd say that's a big question. And yeah, they are with, with all due respect, I'd say too, because it's good to have a degree, you know, it's really nice. It's, um, you know, the society's norm. But what is the degree if you don't know the skill itself? What if, how, if you don't know how to do the role? If you don't have the experience behind it, the skill, like you said, it's like, it shows that you're competent, that piece of paper, but does it say that you actually know how? Because I've, throughout Europe and, you know, just conversating with a bunch of people, I've, 
I've talked to. It's just that the people in their field have had interns. They've had people under them, and they say, you know, people who had the degree, they can give me the book answer, but when I tell them to do it, they don't know what it is. And I didn't really realize that until I got into the field I am in now. And I would say, like, even if I did have the degree, it's all hands-on. It's something you learn on the field. Yeah, for sure. I guess what's important is to ask, what type of degree is a good degree? Mm-hmm. I mean, based on research, uh, it's obviously healthcare, you know, nurse, doctor, and technology is another leading one. Um, so, now, look, Would you say technology would be... Like engineering? Engineering, because right now, the way the economy is moving, it's moving so fast. It's like before our eyes, every job is getting automated. And when I mean automated, it doesn't mean like relaxed. doesn't mean like you're going to lose your job well, tomorrow. Robots are taking over. <laughs> yeah, like, no, yeah. robots, there's not like a little not man yet. taking over. <laughs> like, you know, no. What automated really means, from based on my research, it's just research and it, it pretty much does the data for you. Okay, so like right now, administrators. I'm actually one that that automated most of these jobs when I go to these dental practices and I'm like, well, we can automate this. So we don't need five receptionists. We just really need one. So I I understand the value behind that, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So there's certain going back, there's certain jobs that just need a degree and certain jobs that skill sets are more important. It overweighs that. Okay, cool. Um, No, great. Both great answers. Um, I won't answer yet. (laughs) (laughs) To recap, what are 10 episodes, or excuse me, I think eight episodes prior to this were? Um, And if anyone wants to tune back in, we will have all the episodes up edited, I want to say, within the next two weeks. Taking a little bit of time, but I promise you, and you won't have to sit through the whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number one, do the right thing. Attitude is everything. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. Believe in yourself. Set goals. Stay organized. 85% of all jobs are filled by networking. Diligence is the father of perseverance and persistence. And then today, if you don't have an education, you better have a craft or a lot of money. And even if you have all three, nothing in life is guaranteed. And so, again, if you're tuning in, we're talking about skill versus education. Um, A big part of my job, again, I work for a mentoring and coaching-based staffing firm, but a lot of the students I come in contact with are students that either A, don't know what they want to be, B, can't afford to go and get a degree right now, and C, just want to work hard at something. You know what I mean? And I think when you look at skill versus education, I myself, in my 10 years of staffing, regardless of age range, and I've staffed anywhere from 17 years old up to 55 year old executive directors and the people that are hungry for it that are passionate about it trump the skill or trump the education every day all day you know and and you can build up skill but at the end of the day you could build up education too regardless of which one you do you got to be passionate about what you're trying to learn and what capacity you're learning it in whether it be in a traditional institution, or whether it be in a trade school, to be a bricklayer. Either way, you got to believe in what you're doing. You got to be putting your passion first. And even if it's that, and, and we'll be talking about this, I think, in two episodes, even if it's your passion for right now, while you're trying to find your passion for later, you're putting your food on the table for right now for what your vision is. 
right? Yes. Maybe you're going to trade school now because you want to own a music label. You got to put food on the table right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so we got to think about skill in terms of education. What is the goal of putting knowledge into your head for you? Are you going to go and teach it? Or are you going to do it and be an expert at it? So that's, that's kind of what I always look at, you know? Um, so there's a, an African proverb by Nelson Mandela, and I guess we can't call it a proverb yet, but we kind of can. <laughs> he passed away. Nelson Mandela, rest in peace. Um, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Right? Not, not many would argue with this statement, right, when you say? So what is meant by the term of education, though? Right? That's the real question. It can yes. be debated, right? So Google defines education as the process of receiving or giving systematic instruction, especially at a school or university, right? Exact same dictionary, Google Dictionary, defines education as an enlightening experience. Same dictionary, okay? Skill, enlightenment, education. So just think about it again. So you can't be a doctor without having a PhD. You can't be a lawyer without, without having a JD. So depending on the job and the position, you need to understand what level of education is needed to get you to subject matter expert level, right? Maybe getting a master's will get you there. There's a lot of jobs that don't require that. Dom's in security. Dom can make $250,000 within six or seven years with no degree, right? He'll probably have to get a CISSP, OSCP, something in there, a certification, yeah. right? That's his knowledge, but it's in context knowledge, right? You're mm -hmm. learning, psst, applying. Exactly. You know, it's not theory, you know? They go um, I'll let you guys, anybody want to jump in? No, that's just, you're, you're actually ahead of the game because they say only 8% of people um, are in technology at this moment. And only 32% of people actually graduated from college, which that was an alarming number. I really thought it was higher here in the United States, but it's only 32% that actually really graduated is. from college. But the 8%, so you're, you're ahead of the pack. <laughs> Dom is already ahead of the pack. Yeah. And you know what? When I got my... <laughs> what did you say? It's either ahead of the tide or you get caught in it. Yeah. yeah it's do. a tidal wave of technology and you, you're doing great. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I got my degree. Does anybody? Like, I, I feel like I... But where most people just go to school, I was at a point in my life where... I had screwed up. I needed, I needed something to fall back on, yeah. but I didn't want to just do anything. So I went with what I loved, adolescent psychology. But that wasn't the first job I got right away. I didn't get a job in a you know, mental institution or, or counseling. I got a job staffing. But do you want it to be a psychologist? Uh, so yeah. I wanted to make more <laughs> that money. That was our than conversation. Teacher, <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to get inside of students' heads yeah. and, and help them with their journey. You did that early on, too. Yeah. You know, and because um, you were do you were helping like children in the before I was all that at the Forest Park Community Center yeah. for like man six years while trying to start a t-shirt company, tattoo shop, and um, working as a personal trainer. And, yeah, yeah, and and that's what that's what drove me back is I got the degree, I'm staffing, and I just I wasn't happy just mm -hmm. pure staffing. 
and I had to find a way to maneuver back to working with adolescents, hence getting on a leadership council, meeting Dom, and working with a few other nonprofits that work with adolescents. And then I maneuvered from there um, into my current job, where I get to really make an impact here, but also mentoring and coaching um, and staffing and, and really helping companies uh, understand how they're trying to bring people into the workforce at junior levels, understanding where the cultural differences are, um, and then how to culturally make people collaborate in an environment that's conducive to that with our wraparound program, which is mentoring, coaching, not just to the, the employee, but on the back end to their hiring manager too, because sometimes they don't know how to relay certain things to their, their employees. So that's, I think that's Would really Would you say the education that you had in college helped by any means as of what you're doing right now? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How so? I, I think that anytime you are, I don't want to say stuck doing something, right? But anytime you're put into a regiment where you have to abide by certain rules and standards, it starts to build a sense of discipline in you. Agreed. Because you're going through something you don't really want to do, but you know that what you're trying to get to is worth the sacrifice to just do it every day. Right. And so I think what I gained is obviously the ability to socialize yes. amongst my peers, to work together in a team-oriented environment. Um, I don't know about that. And, and get, <laughs> we worked on a couple of projects. Okay. Good ones. Good ones. Um, <laughs> I worked on some projects. That's true. He actually did the work. I just sat there. Copied <laughs> um, <laughs> off of him. That's <laughs> um, what I do. <laughs> but no, I think to feel that you can read something in a book, take a test on it, and do well in comparison to others, right? But I can do that in my job. Like if you give me a list of tests to do and I go do them, and you're like, oh, you did really well. I wish all my employees would work. Well, then I... I think that's a personality thing. I have to disagree with you. I think it's and a what? personality thing of having that structure and understanding that system because I've worked with young ladies that barely have a high school education, but they're just so brilliantly smart and systematic and they just get it. School wasn't for them, especially right. with our school system. It's that's another story. Yeah. yeah, but they were very structured. So I don't know if I agree 100% with so you on no, that. So not that... Mm -hmm. So you asked me about me. I think yeah. that was for me. I'm not okay. saying for everyone. Got it. I think everyone's different. I know that's what I got they out helped of it you. Is, is a little mm -hmm. more structure, but also a little bit more, um, I don't know. It was just, I had accomplished something finally, honestly. Makes sense. You know, yeah. I, I just felt like I, I just did it. Now, don't get me wrong. You <laughs> can go and, and let me actually bring some stats up. Um, oh, he's busting out the stats. Mm -hmm. it's, it's getting serious right now. <laughs> well, it, it takes <laughs> let about me get 1,800 hours <laughs> to complete a bachelor's degree, right? Uh -huh. Pretty yes. much work eight hours a day for almost a full year doing that. Got it. In a sense. Mm -hmm. You know Discipline. what I mean? Eight yeah. hours, five days a week. So I think you have to look at, again, what's your reasoning for wanting to get a degree? Does your field Good require point. it? Are you getting it because you want to be an educator? You know, you want to just learn and bring knowledge in? Or is your job the type of job where you can learn faster by applying? And are you going into an organization that, that has that transfer of information and transfer of training? You know, is there an easy transition for you to make coming from no skill into something where there is a skill? Got it. Do you know what I mean? And that, that's what I look at. Um, so yeah. I feel like that really relates to like how I came 
to be in uh, my role now because it's like I really didn't know anything and that's all, why I was saying in the beginning that um, you know I just got put on I kind of learned everything right then and there for the most part but I took it and I, I ran with it yeah yeah that's awesome man and I, I love programs like that I think that they are opening more doors and yeah. they are changing the traditional way of thinking um, in terms of workforce and and really just education as a whole, um, as well as how people collaborate, you know, in different environments. So it's it's forcing companies to bring more people in. And Trump, I'm not saying I like him. I'm not saying I hate him. I'm saying <laughs> he's forced us to bring more people from our own U.S. Yes, that's true. Job that's why he got a lot of votes. Whether you take yeah. that as good or bad, take it for what it is. But he has forced that. That's true. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out in the long run. In terms of global relationships, mm -hmm. we'll see. Um, but it has done that. So another quick fact here. There's 8.5% employment rate amongst graduates with bachelor's degree. Only 42% of graduates will find jobs in less than six months. Really? 75% of employers feel that schools have not prepared their students for the global economy. 75%. How insane is that? Now, mind you, how much of an onus are they taking on making a solid training program for them when they onboard? So companies That's true. That's a good take point. some onus in terms of making the transition a bit easier for people, um, which is why, again, Purpose Workforce Solutions is awesome. <laughs> uh, more than 80% of employers want candidates to have work experience when applying for a job. So they want them to have something, you know. Um, and 66% of employees are hired on experience over academics. That's surprising, yeah. I didn't expect that. Um, so I'm going to go over this, some, and we'll probably, we'll see how we finish up today. Um, there's a publication out. I guess I wanted to leave it open, see if you guys had any questions or concerns before we dive into this. Yeah. No? Ernie's, Ernie's yelling at me for not speak, speaking into the mic. Sorry, bro. <laughs> so, sorry, bro. It's your show. He's helping. Okay. Okay. Let him do his job. <laughs> <laughs> You're a jerk. Thank you, sir. Um. I do have a question, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Quick. So I'm curious, so what is your take on it? Experience or when education? And education is, it's a tricky word, and I only say it's tricky because you can have the knowledge without the degree, but I'm talking degree knowledge, degree education as opposed to experience. What's your take? Oh, experience, hands down, if we're talking degree knowledge. Yes, degree because knowledge. Because if you're talking solely degree knowledge, I think you can have the skills without the degree, mm -hmm. but you can't be successful with just a degree without the skills. Now, you can go around telling people what you know all day. Oh, I'm a professor at Nor like Northwestern, and that's all I do as a professor. Well, you're just a professor, though. Have you gone out and applied it to the real world? Maybe if you've you know, written documentations on things and done studies and stuff, then you have something to verify all that. But if you're just a professor, then I would question how much you know real world. You know what I mean? Yeah, I um, understand. Traditional degree. Traditional degree. Now, when you look at, I think, other means of, 
of certifications and training. I think that it depends on the role itself for that person and that company and what the training program looks like and what they know about the organization before they actually get in. Like if there's a matter of information to be given to them, right, a pamphlet, handbooks are standard, right, but like literally an owner's manual that they can read before they get in, I think that that allows them to educate themselves a little bit. And I think that that's where companies, especially when you look at the you know, 18 to 30 demographic, these are, these are students that A, have never really held a job in corporate America, let alone a job where you're like five days a week, come in, and then you're learning a skill. It's like, okay, you gotta make that transition easy, er, but not easy. Do you know what I mean? Easy for, it to, for them to collaborate with people internally, easy for them to set up a mentoring program with the person internally, easy for there to still be collaboration, but not easy like you're coming in at nine and leaving at two, if that makes sense. Yeah. What totally. would you guys say is the top three degrees like in 10 years, not even five years from now? Just by theory, just what's your assumption? that the 10 years? If yeah, the AIs years. don't take over? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, that's a good question. I mean, honestly. Water. I'm not allowed to drink before the show anymore. I got y'all Chris, that. okay, what do you think? <laughs> As you as you sip your water, you see that that was that was who's stalling. What did right I now? miss last week? Um, you did not miss anything. <laughs> so, no, we need you here. so we need you here. So my mom, uh, I get a little. I drink right, but Ernie said, "Bro, you're much better when you don't." And I, I'm glad, I'm blessed to have a great friend that that'll tell me that. Yeah, it's true like, feedback. You're better when you don't drink on the show. So I'm not saying I may not have a beer after, but no, I'm not drinking tonight. Um, Back to the but question. But no, it's good to have good friends. <laughs> what was the question? Okay, so in top 10 years three, from now, top degrees. three degrees. What, what do you think three is Three degrees a, or three skill sets to have? Oh, that's oh. actually both, actually, both. And then we're going to get to skill sets. So two different questions. Yeah, two different okay. questions. Um, top three degrees and top three skill sets to have from now to 10 years, just so people know. You know? That you know of. Because you're in the recruiting I world. Am, yeah, I am. <laughs> Put me on the spot here a little. Um, I don't. That is a very tough one. I can tell you some. Well, let's look at it in a logical standpoint. I, I think. Logically, what would never go away? I mean, think like you said. If you look okay. at yeah. IT, security. Well, security is is only increasing. Security is the new HR of IT, in my opinion. Yeah. So I heard true. a little rumor about um, security. What's that? Curious. Cy cybersecurity. Well, eventually, it will be also automated. Well, that's and not a rumor. That's because you can't. So how it's too much. So yeah, it's too manually. That's it's already. Well, it's not manual. It's yeah, it's too much to manual. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. It's just because think about it. It's it's data, right? Is that mm. and it's kind of sweeping through the data and fun. I mean, I'm not sure what you're looking you, for anomalies, right? Anomalies. Yeah. Tell us about your job. Tell us about your yeah. It's pretty cool. You know, I can't really say much about what I do. I'm my own little surface. Section. Yeah. yeah. Surface. surface. I preserve Basic. the integrity of data. Okay. And is that something that could be automated or is that something that we will always need? It's always going to be. Well, are you, can you answer that? Yeah, I could, I could answer that. I'd say with everything, there's always going to be a malfunction or a mistake. Fair enough. And in the line of work that I do, if, if a mistake could be detrimental. So if a computer malfunctions and something is lost, that could be detrimental to not just me but everybody. Got it. So, 
in that aspect, I would say there are some things you could automate, like you could automate scripts, coding, and, you know, to make your job a little easier. But there's always a part of it that you're going to need to do manually. You always want that second pair of eyes. Even if the automated pinpoint perfect, you always want to make sure, like, you know what you're doing. That's good. Because even if they do take over, I still say that like, you should still have the knowledge because you never know what could happen. They could they could go out, you know, the machines can go out, something can come up, new era. That skill that you have will always be there, though. Got it. I just thought it was just a control thing. Like someone would want to take over the cybersecurity, a third party, just to just to be able to modify and manipulate it I mean, the way they want to. They do. They do. That's what people, that's what that's hackers scary. do all day. Yeah. That's another topic, um, but that's kind of scary. And, and they have tools, you know, all the Burp Suite, Nessus, all these scanning tools where it'll just scan for information or scan for different uh, things that stick out. So, Interesting. Um, but back to your question about, you know, yeah. just, I can't, I don't think I can say a degree. I think that Skills. skills that aren't going anywhere, application development within IT isn't going anywhere. It's a matter of understanding what piques your interest about application development. Is it design? Is it the functional back end? Okay. Which tools are in most demand right now? You know, if you look on the back end, it's .NET, right, or C Sharp, um, Java. C++, more for the hardware Python. infrastructure. Yeah. So those are the two that I hear most. There's, a ton of, there's Ruby on Rails. There's a ton of other languages for different things. Um, I see that huge. I see cloud huge. Oh, yeah, cloud's right? up and coming. Anything infrastructure related. And I'm speaking IT because I'm a little biased. That's what I've been focused on for three <laughs> years. But well, that's, I'll get into some of the other That's ones. the new tidal wave. You know, yeah. That's what's coming through. Yeah, IT is, is driving the way that we think. Think about it's inevitable, life, yeah. Right, because it's it's data that's being allowed to be manipulated in the middle of nowhere. Like you have something that can sit here, float in the middle of nowhere, yes. and bring you data to wherever you want in the world. You know, and to me, that's that's insane. That twenty years ago, we weren't even close. Un unimaginable. You know what I mean? And so, in twenty years from now, it's a imagine. huge progression. I so I actually have a counter question for you. Go ahead. When you say skills. What kind of skills are you referring to? Because there are soft skills and hard skills. And I think soft skills are a very important thing. What would you say would be? Um, so, like, when I say soft skills, like communication, yes, teamwork, character, things like that. Differential. You could, you could yeah. be an expert in your trade or your skill, but if you don't know how to cooperate, if you don't know how to reach out to people, you're going to be a candidate that's less likely to get picked than someone who has the exact same credentials, who has a personality, who has those soft skills. I agree 100%. And I think that's always been a skill set, but I think more or less now because everything is so individualistic. Like we're exactly. all just, so I think that human experience and that human touch is a huge skill set that a lot of people are lacking. Just yeah. generally. And I'm not going to blame it on millennials and we're not going there, but. Well, it is. I, mean, I don't think so. We forgot how to have a conversation. No, because we're actually more social because we're on our phones. Right now, everyone's more, watching I think us. We're able to touch more yeah. people, but not touch them in a relationship-based way. You can't. It's superficial. You're, you're, yeah, yes, you're right it here, is very you're, superficial. You're, you're, like in, you're emailing, but when you go and you meet someone face to face, yes, it makes a world of difference. It makes a world of difference. <laughs> All right, Ernie, I guess the mic's not working. You want to tune in? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? You, can, you got me, right? He started echoing. Um, I'm not, oh, but you that's can't interesting that you mentioned that. It is true. 
it is about that human connection because it has been lost in the last 10 years, I would say. And I, and I stay with that 10-year mark because I've seen so many things evolve. Oh, right. And that's all it takes. Like, yeah. It's a progressive thing. Like, you can't watch something change over a Night. day. Daily. Exactly. Overnight. But when you see the 10-year progress, you don't realize how much that small increment increased to this 10-year different. Either I'm slow, but by the time it hits 10 years, I'm like, okay, we're doing something else. I just got used to this one. Can we go back for a minute? What you have to say? What, what's wrong? Yeah, it's good. It's actually good. All right. So I heard the thing about millennials. Millennials are awful. Right? Oh my God! I, I own I own four of them. Millennials are I own awful. Four of them. Ugly. They and and it's bands? not it's not even their fault. It's how they grew up. We grew, when I grew up, yes. there was no internet, there was no iPad, there was no sitting in a house. I went outside and I played every day. And I'm not saying I'm better or worse, or whatever. No. But I learned how to talk to people. Yeah. I learned exactly. how to communicate. I learned how to look a person in the face the same. Millennials walk around like this. <laughs> They I don't know how to look you in the <laughs> eye. They don't know how to speak to you correctly. They don't. Yeah. And it, it's our fault. Wait, it's are you my a fault. You're not a millennial. I am a millennial. Yeah, a millennial. Oh, you were not. Did you? He, not, not you. Not you. I am. Uh, you're definitely I'm a millennial. millennial. You're I'm definitely a millennial. I'm like, yeah, you're a little bit older. I'm, I'm a millennial. millennial. I'm right in like, between. But you may really be a different agree. type of millennial. I'm just saying, I have Early four version. of them in my yeah, house. I was the one who And it's just to get them to look you in the face and to communicate with you one on one, even though I know my kids love me and are listening to me. They. In the phone. Yep. It's on the phone. It's Millennials are awful in the workplace right now. And it's yeah, just I agree how they were portion. raised and how they came about to have jobs. They yeah. don't get how to interact. Like you were saying, how to interact with certain people. And, and the soft skills, they don't understand them because they've never had them. That's what I had to say. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, <laughs> <out>, man. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, I, I love <laughs> it. Like, anytime, this is anytime, anytime you're welcome. Facts. Anytime. Facts. Um, so right. this publication by Matt. Gist. Gist, Gist, pronounce it however you want. It's G I S T. It's a fun last name. He goes by Gist, Matt Gist. Um, it's called Skills versus Knowledge and educa Is Education a False Dilemma? And he breaks it out into a few levels of competency okay. that he feels that people should have um, when it comes to actually trying to make a living, right? Earn a check. He says the first one, one needs to be able to understand how to identify the salient features of an abstract model in abstract terms. Mm. Applied mathematics is a good example of this skill. Okay? Mm. Abstract. Okay? Second, one needs to be able to see abstract models particularly well spelled out in reality. So how do you map it out? Okay? Looking at how life forms in biology, instance kinds, biology instance kinds of patterns in nature is a good example of this skill. Third, one needs to be sensitive to the particular features of things, the tone of someone's voice, the particular colors that make up a painting, the particular tone of a poem. Hmm. That is huge. Verbal, nonverbal communication. There's people that I know right now that are old enough that talk and cannot tell when someone is bored with them talking. I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. But if, if someone is turning around at you. They're just ignoring talking, it. <laughs> you're probably not saying anything that exciting, you know. But or, some people are introverted. So how would you explain? I'm introverted. I, know I, I don't come off like that. Facade-wise, I look like I'm extroverted. I'm extremely introverted. Right. So this even sitting here is difficult for me. Okay. So I can't articulate what I want to say half of the time because 
I don't know, I just have like a hundred thoughts in my head. So sometimes it's just because I'm kind of shy. I'd rather just, There's I not, have my moments. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Though I, people, my family must be like, that's a so lie. I don't think, and that's fine. But <laughs> no, that's, it's true. <laughs> because you're quiet is different, right? If I'm just listening to how yeah. you talk. I'm not doing something right, right. I'm not looking at all aspects. And I'm a direct speaker. Sometimes I just don't use the fluff and it can come off wrong. And I think, and that happens a lot in the workplace with other individuals. You yeah. see, that's crazy because sometimes I can be the complete opposite. I could be the one talking to somebody and looking the other way. <laughs> and they're like, are you talking to me? Like, yeah. I mean, it's only us two in the room. I don't talk to myself that much. It's just so. in the air, yeah. Look at <laughs> so me when I talk me, to you. Like, <laughs> Just know you have my attention, but I just don't look all the time. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. Bro. I don't want to look at you. So, um, yeah. But no, you know, again, just to the point of, of paying attention to detail. So sure. I was talking with someone today about transferable skills um, and how folks that come from disadvantaged neighborhoods where there's high crime rates may be able to transfer well into security if they have the right training because they're used to looking for things out of good place. Good point, yes. You know what I mean? Such a good point. So, like, thinking about yourself in that attentiveness to detail and how different skills that you have make up kind of what you're good at, how you receive things, and how you portray things. You know that makes yeah. sense. Just really thinking about all that, you know? Um, fourth. One needs to be sensitive, and you guys were talking about this earlier, to other people's needs and be able to cooperate with them. Project work is a good example of this kind of skill. So you get that in school. That is one thing you get quite a bit is how to work with someone. A little different setting because there's money involved Correct. and there's a little bit higher stress levels involved and a little bit more egos involved in a work setting. But similar situation in terms of trying to work cohesively with individuals to try and get to an end goal, right? Um, fifth, one needs to be sensitive to her, his or her own needs and develop an understanding of his or her own strengths and weaknesses in a positive and supportive environment. We've talked about this before, being confident, mm -hmm. right? Having a good support system around you. I think that those are things that are crucial. Um, it's hard to be confident when you got people trying to pull you down. Family, friends. It's the worst. There's people all around you that will try and tell you your idea. Oh, why are you going to do that? Why don't you do this? Be confident in what you want to do and do it. And if people are trying to hold you down, those aren't the right people around you. Anyone that's your support system will be trying to elevate you. That's I don't so care true. who it is, what environment you're in. And that being sensitive to yourself, that really says a lot. It's like you should, like even if you don't have a good support system or no one around, I feel like the first step should always be to trusting and being confident in yourself, like you said, and being sensitive with yourself and understanding what you need. And if at the moment it's no support system but yourself, that's what it is. Because right. not everyone has the same environment where they have a support system or it's a good one. So I'd say in that aspect, it all depends on the person. But yeah, that's the being sensitive with yourself is really big. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And you know, that takes a, a strong person to know when you're failing and in a in a spot of vulnerability, and to know when to reach out for help. 
takes a very strong person, whether it be mental help, right? You're having a tough time just dealing. You're struggling. You don't want to wake up in the morning. You don't want to go out of your house. You know, I think it takes a strong person to reach out for that type of help. And this is always open. This platform is always open for anyone that needs to call in and talk about those things. Um, but at the end of the day, to your point, sometimes you got to dig deep and be confident, but have a plan, right? You could be confident all day. If you don't have a vision of where you're trying to go, your plan will fail. True. Okay. Um, last one here. One needs to learn facts about the world to which he or she can plug in to all of these skills. So, yes, we need knowledge, right? We need experiential fact-based knowledge or theoretical fact-based knowledge. But we need one of the two to gain something up here, exactly. right? I think it's up to the job which one you actually need and which one's required. But there's obviously some that are required, like doctors, lawyers. I can't, any other ones that require a degree aside from, like, CISSP, for CISOs and stuff, but any other professions that require a degree? Yeah. Psychology. You're right. And Is that a doctorate? Uh, yes. It could be doctorate. So still medical. Because still, still medical. Doctorate. Yeah, it still falls on so the Any medical. others outside those of those are the only two that is worth, I mean, my opinion, worth the investment at this point because it's a skill set and it's Which very is, um, health, healthcare. Oh, healthcare. Yeah, like yeah. being a doctor of any type surgeon, doctor, dentist. Yeah, I think that one you can't obviously get it. Well, back in the day, they did get away with it. It was barbers, um, barbershop style. Is I mean, that what they call it? Yeah. Also, back in the day, they were dumping liquor in people's <laughs> open wounds. So. True story. <laughs> true story. Facts. <laughs> that was the true story. Back when we were so savages. They, they were like, put this in school. <laughs> put this in a curriculum. Yeah. Like, this is what they used to do? My but I think God. that's only worth investing. And even though, even though with that, because I was speaking with one of my friends who's a dentist, she's like, I am like in $400,000 in debt right now. I don't own my own practice, and the practice that I am working is ran by an uh, organization, a dental service organization, that tells me what to do and throws, like, 100 patients at me. So now I'm suffering. So, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. The way it's going now, it wasn't like that before, but because now a lot of organizations and corporations are digging into the healthcare field, it's right. really changed the dynamic behind that. So well, you're in debt and you're enslaved. IT. So anyone that wants yeah. to get into healthcare, find out the IT piece of it that you can learn. There's HRIS. Yes. Health I actually even looked into that. Information systems. I forget what the R is for, but um, uh, human resources and I information services is a huge one. Learning to work with different tools like Workday, PeopleSoft, I think are two of the newer tools for HR at least. Okay. Um, and then for healthcare, medical coder, that's the one I remember. So medical coder. No, there's like services. the, there's a security as well. That's like a really big security in healthcare. healthcare. Yeah, because of the whole HIPAA. Uh, sure. So those laws are coming. Again, everything's just kind of finding its way because there's no regulations really in IT really. So that's all kind of right. melting together. It's, it's, it's still developing. Uh, we're, we're in the third stage of it, but like. But yeah. it has to is the thing. And healthcare can take its time people have to use it correct so it's not like a product where oh we'll show money out it's like ah, everyone's gonna use it so so that's the right. only one that i can yeah. think of and lawyer obviously yeah. being in law yeah, so sure. you always got to sue somebody <laughs> <laughs> um 
Anybody else? Anything? Again, principles of passion. Um, If you are following anywhere, we appreciate you guys tuning in. You can always catch us on Your Passion 1ST on all social media handles. Uh, we are have we do have some things in the works. We're working on getting the edits up from previous episodes. We're always looking for more guest speakers. Um, we are looking to begin hosting uh, some fairs slash festivals within the upcoming year. Um, and so looking for venues as well as organizations to partner with. So keep us in mind there. But again, guest speakers, um, anyone that wants to be a guest, it's been overcoming adversity, but you have to be following your passion or one of your passions. Um, Career fairs, I like to do this every week. I will be at Robert Morris Career Fair with Purpose Workforce Solutions tomorrow. If you are a Robert Morris student, come up to the booth and say hi. I believe that one's only for Robert Morris students. I'll keep you guys posted, though, on other ones that we're going to be at uh, that are open to the public. Because we won't see you till next Tuesday, there are a couple of career fairs. One of them's next Monday at UIC, Nursing Job Fair, to your point. Uh, it'll be put on by the College of Nursing at the University of Illinois. Um, starts at 12 p.m. And the address is 845 South Damon Avenue, third floor, event center. 845 South Damon Avenue, next Monday at 12 p.m. Also, Rogers Park Job Fair will be April 16th, next Tuesday. It'll be at Leona's Pizzeria and Restaurant. Starts at 3 p.m. I do not know what industries that one is, but feel free to look it up. The address is 6935 North Sheridan Road. Again, 6935 North Sheridan Road, next Tuesday, 3 p.m., Rogers Park Job Fair. I'll leave you with CT's motivational moment. If you don't have a degree, the four most important skills you can work on are communication, problem solving, critical thinking, and social skills. Knowledge versus skills. Knowledge is theoretical, skills are practical. A traditional degree is not required, but some formal training is necessary. The more defined the process is in terms of transfer of relationships and information, as well as how the employer and employee are coached in the process, the more chance the relationship has of flourishing. Leave you with this. Remember, if you don't put your passion first, it's hard to chase your dreams. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good night.